That was awesome. <clears throat> I did not realize how big that ball was, but he told me to order. He's like, hey, order this beach ball. I was like, cool, ordered it and we blew it up. I was like, wow, that thing's huge. That was awesome. So we are planning to use that on the on the uh, on the Camp Baldwin trip. We're gonna use that. So all right, um, I think. Is that everything? Let me see. Yeah, that's everything. Pie the Pastor, stick around after service. We're going to do Pie the Pastor. I'm going to try to keep my message short, maybe. Um, but uh, we'll just see how it goes. So we're going to be reading from Genesis 4, if you want to go there, Genesis 4.1. We're going to be talking about Cain and Abel a little bit. We're going to be talking about anger and kind of the character of God. So if you want to turn there, we will get started. Um <clears throat> Genesis 4, all the way back to the beginnings. Genesis 4.1 says, Adam knew his wife Eve, and she became pregnant and gave birth to Cain. She said, with the help of the Lord, I have brought forth a man. Later she gave birth to his brother Abel. Now Abel kept flocks, so Abel was a shepherd, and Cain worked the soil, so he was a farmer. Verse 3, in the course of time, Cain brought some of the fruits of the soil and offering uh, and offering it to the Lord. And Abel also brought an offering, fat portions from uh, some of the firstborn of his flock. The Lord looked with favor on Abel and his offering, but on Cain and his offering he did not look with favor. So Cain was very angry, and his face was downcast. Verse 6, Then the Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry? Why is your face downcast? If you do what is right, will you not be accepted? But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must rule over it. Now Cain said to his brother Abel, let's go out into the field. While they were in the field, Cain attacked his brother Abel and killed him. And the Lord said to Cain, where is your brother Abel? I don't know, he replied. Am I my brother's keeper? The Lord said, what have you done? Listen, your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. Now you are under a curse and driven from the ground, which opened its mouth and received your brother's blood from your hand. When you work the ground, it will no longer yield its crops for you. You will be a restless wanderer on the earth. So there's a, already? So the, <laughs> we're just getting started. Uh, so there's, there's a few things going on here. Now we can, we can look at the surface and we can get deeper. I'm going to start deep and then back up a little bit um, because I think I say deeper. It's not necessarily deeper. It's just two different layers. Uh, the Lord is really cool about giving a scripture and seeing it in multiple, multiple different layers. Uh, how many of, you, many of you that have been here a lot have heard me say, scratch out the heading and put what? It's all about Jesus. So we're going to start there. How is this about Jesus? We'll start there. The, the deeper, really, I guess if we want to go all the way to this very end, the deeper meaning is uh, the first shepherd dies at the hands of his brother. The second would die at the hands of his brethren. Speaking of uh, the, 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 the first shepherd here uh, was Abel, and the second shepherd is Jesus. Um, the blood of Abel cries out for revenge. The blood of Jesus cried out, avenged. Uh, the first shepherd is swallowed up by the earth. The last, which is Jesus, comes out of the earth. So there's a lot of parallels here that we could we could go down that road, and that would be a good thing to talk about the whole time. But that's not where I want us to see that and recognize that, that all these types and shadows from the Old Testament are all pointing towards Jesus. They're all pointing towards him. So we have to catch that first because that gives us a proper lens to look at everything. Um, in the same way, the reason that they're pointing to, towards Jesus is to give us a better understanding of the character of God, right? 
All of these scriptures, everything from Genesis to Revelation, is all pointing towards the character of God and the reconciliation of man and God, the fall, all the way in, all the way to the beginning of the revelation of Jesus. All of them are giving us the big picture, the meta narrative, or the, the grand story of the very character of who God is and his heart for humankind. Does that make sense? So we see that even here. This is, these are, there's some types and shadows in here of Jesus, but we're going to kind of take a step back and look at another layer of just God relating to man. You know, just that very basic um, understanding of how God relates to man and speaks to man. Um, so God recognized Cain's uh, emotion and his anger, and he addresses it in verse 6, right? It says, And the Lord asked Cain, Why are you angry? Now, he didn't just criticize him or chastise him or, or necessarily get on to him about it. He asked him in a conversational way, why are you angry? Why are you angry? He says, if you do what is right, will you not be accepted? If you do, if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must rule over it. Now, we know, fast forwarding to, to now, the reason we rule over sin is because of Jesus. But even then, God relating to man is trying to help him understand that anger in and of itself, the emotion of anger is not bad, right? Anger and sin are two separate things, Okay. Um, he is angry. Uh, when I'm actually I'm 55% down on my screen time, you guys congratulate me. I've backed off <laughs> social media because it was crushing my heart. I was seeing so many things from people being ugly on both sides of the fence or several different sides, people creating their own, whether it's their own agenda or thinking that they're on the right side or the wrong side. And there was just all this, this stuff that was just, it was, and Tracy and I both, we were just, we'd sit there and cry sometimes. It was just so frustrating. Um, and we were angry. We we're, were angry about the way that people treat other people more than anything um, and, and how people are seeing people as their enemy when that's not God's heart. So I'm down 55%. I saw this morning. Remind me, it gives me screen time every Sunday. I don't know why it does on Sundays, but it popped up and it says I was down. So I'm proud of myself, 55%. That's over half. Anyway, so there's lots of layers here. So he's, he's recognizing Cain's anger. Um, and he's addressing it. He's not just, just glossing over it. I think we need to recognize our anger and other people's anger and address it. I don't think we need to gloss over it. Um, one thing we need to, to make sure that we recognize is, is there's a common phrase that people make other people angry. No one can make you angry, okay? We, we possess our own ability to be angry or not be angry. Other people can prompt that emotion. I know. Other people can prompt that emotion, and you can decide to be angry, and anger in and of itself is not good or bad. Um, but you decide whether you want to be angry or not. You don't, we don't, we don't, we can't blame that on other people, okay? Uh, part of the problem with a lot of the, in my opinion, that's going on right now is people are so quick to try to choose a side and, and say that other, other people are prompting them to make these, these decisions, these reactions, and you know my opinion of that. That's demonic. Why is that demonic? That's a bold statement. I don't use that lightly. It's demonic because it attacks the very identity of Christ followers and people that know that they're born of Christ and that they have identity in him and that they're sons and daughters of the living God. And when you run around being offended about everything, you're saying that these people are affecting your life, the very core of who you are, and that's demonic. In, in and of itself, it is, it is throwing off the identity that God has given you as a gift that you carry this Holy Spirit with you, and you think, and, and then we want to bounce off of all these other ideas and, be, and be, uh, try to attack others because we, we feel like we're hurt and we've got, we've got to avenge ourselves. Listen, if any of us came, came to the courts of God and, and demanded justice, we would be on the wrong end of that very quickly. That's why we come with thanksgiving because of what God did for us. Because he had mercy, because he cared, because he loved. And it breaks my heart when people try to push love aside as though it's something very passive. And love is not passive. It is very aggressive and it's very powerful. Love came down and sacrificed himself for you and me. Love is not passive. 
Love is very powerful, and it can change people's hearts. Maybe one of you or I may not change the world or change uh, any kind of system or world system or kingdom of this earth, but I guarantee you, you can change the world of a person that's right in front of you if you're willing to build a relationship with them. You have that power. You and I carry that power. The verse, uh, the verse that Andrew got was the same verse that I got this morning about uh, God's glory covering the earth. Amen. <laughs> He's all right. You're good. Um, of God's glory covering the earth, and that's on you and me. There's no, there's no plan B. We can't just sit here saying, oh, well, God, when are you going to fix this? When are you going to fix this? God fixed this 2,000 years ago when he gave his son, and he gave you his spirit. He gave us opportunity to, to reconcile one another, not fight against each other. He said it over and over again. We don't fight against flesh and blood. People are not your enemy here. If you're angry, that's okay. You can be angry. I'm angry. I get very angry sometimes. Address your anger. Think about it. Ask the questions. Why are you angry? If you see other people that are angry, don't just dig your heels in and try to fight back. Find out why they're angry and talk to them about it. Do you want to see real change? Build relationships with those that you disagree with. Never, never in the history of the world have you been able to see more cultures and more backgrounds live right in your face as you can right now. A hundred years ago, you would be isolated to your own culture and you wouldn't know what other people believe. You may in months and years and watching certain things or, or actually seeking it out, but now you've got it at your fingertips. You can see it right then. Boom, 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 boom. That's not a bad thing. It's something we need to recognize. Why are we seeing these things? Why are you feeling these ways? We need to address these things. When God talks to Cain, he says, look, why are you angry? He cared enough to have a conversation with him. Why are you angry? Let's look at it. When we, when we recognize our emotions and we own them, we can avoid catastrophe. Listen, Cain's about to kill his brother here when God's talking to him. It says, sin is crouching at your door, but you must rule over it. We know that we rule over sin because of Jesus, but we recognize that there's times when we get angry and we make decisions based on that anger. When I say that emotions are important because if you don't have emotions, you don't care, right? Emotions aren't bad. Emotions are okay. Emotions can help us recognize that there's maybe something wrong. There may be a change that needs to be made, but the emotion themselves are not our source, where we get our source from, right? Emotions may point us to a truth, but the emotions themselves are not a truth. We know this because we watch movies, and when the violin plays and the, and the, and the, uh, the, the lights drop, you start to get scared. Why am I getting scared? You know something, there's, there's, it's changing, and your emotions are following what's going on. I see this all the time with social media. I get, I get private messages, I get text messages from every conspiracy theory and everything you can imagine. Like, everybody's got... And, and I'm not saying there aren't some conspiracies. Maybe there are. I can't keep up with them all, to be honest with you. I mean, there's just so many. Um, but I will tell you this, that if, if you want to be distracted by, by crumbling kingdoms, you can do that all day long. I mean, you guys are free to do that. If you want, if you want to be distracted by it, just please be careful with that, because if you chase it too long, you're going to miss the main point of this thing, because there's a kingdom that's not shaken, and there is a God that loves you and that wants to reconcile, not only reconcile with you, but reconcile with everybody else through you. That's, your, that's our purpose. I've, I've talked about before, I'm a pastor, that's my position here, but I spread the gospel whether I'm here or anywhere else. The, the gospel is the good news, and your, y'all's position is the same position as mine. 
and it's to spread the good news. Good news. <laughs> you can quote me on that. Spread the good news. Spread the good news to those that are right in front of you, those that you have a relationship with. Many of the things that I've seen destroyed relationships and are tried to, not all destroyed, I say that, I don't mean that definitively, that tries to destroy relationships is when people make assumptions, part of, and I'll give, this is me, thus saith Justin, this is, not, this is not from the Bible, but I'll tell you this, what I believe, a lot of what's going on is the social isolation that came from the whole COVID thing, and I'm not, I'm not even going to get into the conspiracy theories about that, but I just say that there was, there, there was social isolation from that. You know it can be dangerous how we punish prisoners. <laughs> you know, it is dangerous when you socially isolate yourself. It's not healthy. We're, we're created to be around community. You take that and then you add all the, the, uh, the tensions that we have as far as racial tensions and different things in our country, and you create some distance between people, and things are going to pop up in people's heads, and they're going to make assumptions about other people because we're not near each other and we're not having these communications, we're not having these discussions. And so what should be happening is we should assume the best of our brothers and sisters, and we don't always. We think, well, they think differently than me, so they must hate me. Please don't think that, not just of your brothers and sisters, but even, they're all brothers and sisters of everyone. Don't assume because someone disagrees with you that they hate you and they're against you. And don't react from your emotions. Address your emotions. Talk about your anger. Work it out. But don't just react from them and dig your heels in deeper and try to fight about these things. It doesn't work. It just creates more and more havoc. Why are you angry? It's something we need to ask ourselves. Why are we angry? Have those discussions. I'm not going to answer it for you. You can figure out why you're angry on your own. I'm angry about a lot of things, and we'll discuss that privately, not from here. If you do what is right, you'll be be accepted. But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must rule over it. And you can say, well, I'm I'm not Cain. I'm not about to go kill somebody, right? Well, you know the, you know the scripture that talks about hate in the heart, right? It's the same thing. If, if we have this and we think that, well, and, and how can I say this? The way that we communicate with each other, especially on the tail end of the social isolation thing, a lot of times when we don't meet in person and actually have dinner with each other, and we either text back and forth or we just get on social media and blast each other back and forth from things that we've seen, what, what ends up happening is we inadvertently or maybe unintentionally spread death instead of life. So you want to talk about life and death and the power of the tongue? You start throwing stuff out there like that when you start just perpetuating um, differences and hate and division, you are in essence spreading death. You, you, are, you are sending out death when you do that. And I know that sounds harsh, but I mean, that's, that's what we're doing. Are we, give, are, we, are we sending out life? Are we, addressing, are we really addressing why we're angry, what we're talking about? Are we just, are we just spouting off, off death from, from our own perspective, not willing to look at anybody else's? We talk about empathy all the time. It's not just sympathy that we feel sorry for people, but empathy means that we, we seek to see something from someone, else, someone else's perspective, not our own. I can't experience everything that you experience or anybody else experiences. The only way that I can have any idea of what that looks like is through relationship. It's the reason why God sent Jesus down so he could see things from our perspective so that he could work this whole thing out for us. If he thought it well enough to do that, shouldn't we? Shouldn't we care enough for our brothers and sisters to, to, to reach out to them and see why they feel the way that they feel, why they're angry, why, what's going on? And I'm speaking to myself, too. Like, I need to do this as well, more. Ephesians 4.25 uh, expresses this very clearly. <laughs> it says, therefore, each of you must put off falsehoods and speak truthfully to your neighbor, for we are all members of one body, and your anger do not sin. Now stop there. 
This is, helps us recognize that anger in and of itself is not sin. It says, in your anger, don't sin. That means they're two separate things, right? It's, if, yeah, two separate things. <laughs> so there's two separate things there. In your anger, don't sin. Uh, in verse 29, it says, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for buildings, building others up according to whose needs? Their needs. Let me read that again. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, brawling, slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as Christ God forgave you. Listen, he talks about our neighbors here. We're all members of one body. Um, to speak to the way that we speak to our neighbors. You guys know the parable I've preached on in the past of the, of the quote-unquote Good Samaritan. Um, you know that Jesus really flipped the script there on them because they were, he even says he tried to justify himself when the, when the expert in the law said, okay, you want me to love my neighbor? Who's my neighbor? His real question was, who do I not need to love? That's what he should have said. Who can I, who can I withhold compassion and love for? It was a real question he was asking so he could justify himself in his position. And Jesus told him, he said, you know what? I got a story for you. <laughs> and he tells them about a culture. There's a, 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 a person that, a type of person that they hated who was actually the good neighbor to someone like them. So what he was saying is, you're missing the point. It's not about who you should love. You should love everybody. You should be the good neighbor. You're the one that's supposed to be the good neighbor. You're not supposed to be deciding who, you don't have that luxury. As a Christian, we don't have that luxury to decide who we love and who we don't love. You may have that personally in your own, in your own life, but as a Christian, we don't, we don't get that. Our, our freedoms that we have, and we've got tons of freedoms, this is why he gives, listen, there is, another thing about love is without freedom, there is no such thing as love. If, we, if God controlled us and made us love one another, love wouldn't exist because it's a choice that we have to make. So when he says, when he, gives, he even gives Cain this choice, Cain decides to kill his brother. He, he was free to do that. God didn't want that to happen. He said, why are you angry? Ultimately, Cain wasn't even angry with his brother. He was just jealous. He was angry at God, really, and he killed his brother for it. He said, am I, am I my brother's keeper? Yes, we are our brother's keepers. Listen, if, if God cares enough for us, for us to have a conversation with the creator of the universe, shouldn't we care enough to have conversations with people that are around us? I think that we should. I said earlier that, that love is not weak or passive. Love is a very powerful thing because it is, it is a very active thing. When we talk about grace and people say the same thing about grace, that it's very passive and it makes people apathetic and that they don't care anymore. That's not true at all. Grace is the thing that ran every one of us down. Love is the very thing that radically changed most of, most of you guys I know in here, radically changed your life. Is that not powerful? Is God's love not powerful? What are we doing with it? And I don't do this a lot. I don't, I don't send out a lot of challenges or do these points and, and stuff like that. But I do, I do want to say this today for our church because you, you guys are our church. <laughs> what are we doing with it? What are we doing with the, with the power that God gave us in the Holy Spirit day to day? At work, on social media, um, with your family, what are we doing with it? 
Do we, do we take it as seriously as, as, as we should? I think there are areas that, that are lacking in me, and, and many times you'll hear me preach to myself up here and you guys get to listen. There are areas, areas lacking in me that I've got to find a place that I can see things in a different light because I get angry too. And it's, it's interesting, I'll see, I'll see a video or I'll see a post and I'll get angry about something and maybe three days later I'll see something else I'll get angry about something completely different that's opposite of the thing I was angry about the day before. I'm, uh, or, or two days, I'm serious. Like, that's how quickly our emotions can be shifted around, right? So how do we get grounded in this? What we talked about in the beginning. We don't bounce off of what everybody else is doing. We go to the source. We recognize that something is making me angry, whether it's injustice, whether it's, it's people hurting other people, whether it's people being hateful to other people. Something is making me angry. Where am I going to address Am I going to go and look around to, to, to all different kinds of, of, of things? No, I'm going to go to the source. I'm going to go to Christ. I'm going to look at what Jesus did. Jesus sat down and ate with people. One of the most poignant posts that I saw this past week was a, a really short post, uh, David Brumbaugh um, posted about uh, Jesus calling the, calling, the, uh, calling the Pharisees brood of vipers and then uh, saying, but he also took the time to meet with Nicodemus down, down a dark alley. Um, I love that picture. That helps me. It helps me recognize um, how frustrated Jesus was with people, but also how compassionate he was for people. It helps me see that I'm, you know, I'm broken in a lot of ways, but even, even Jesus in, in all of his perfection and glory was still human. He was all human and all God. And he would get frustrated at what was happening, and he went through all the, all the trouble of, of premeditated weaving whips and turning tables <laughs> and, and getting angry about some things, and he went through... Uh, he went through all the trouble of, of, of getting down and, and talking to Pharisees that he, for the most part, couldn't stand most of the time and sat down and talked to them, met with them. He sat down with pretty much the, the tax collectors and some of those guys. Those were all basically thugs and, and I mean, they were extortionists and gangsters. He would sit down with them. He would go to parties. He would sit down with people of all walks of life because he cared. If that's our prototype, and that's what he's called, Jesus was, was who we're supposed to be, God and man together on earth. Earth. <laughs> God and man together on earth. Um, on earth. So if that's who we're supposed to be like, we need to recognize that that's the reality that we live in today, not just 2,000 years ago, because we carry the Holy Spirit now. If we recognize that we now are the ones that are supposed to be flooding this earth, not just waiting to get out of here. <laughs> I'm not going to get into eschatology right now, but not, not just shaken in our boots, waiting for us to be snatched out of this world, but that we are the light of the world and we are the ones that carry um, the spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead everywhere we go. When we recognize that, things should change. That kind of love should change the way that you treat other people and not the other way around. When you, when you recognize that you're angry about something, address that anger. Talk about it. Talk about it with someone else. Pray about it. Go to the source. Don't just use that anger as your source and then start, start reacting from that place because the results can be very bad. God did not leave us. He didn't leave us by ourselves to deal with these things on our own. He sent a spirit to comfort us and lead us. It's okay to wrestle with these things, but when you do, listen. If there's anything that I can tell you today as far as after the service is over, after you see Buddy get pied in the face... <laughs> 
after all this, if there's anything I, I, I want to say to you, listen. Listen to people that are around you and listen to the Holy Spirit when you pray. Many of us have lots of things to say and we've got lots of opinions. But me, specifically, I have a hard time shutting up sometimes and just listening. I don't know about you, but I have a hard time sometimes just being quiet and listening. It's one of the things that I miss so much about uh, meeting every Sunday because I come up here at like 7, 7.30 and I'm able to pray and get all my thoughts together and, and, and get everything down. And then a lot of times I'll just lay on that, that little couch in my office and just listen. I'll just pray and listen or I'll walk around here and pray and listen. And my life, if you know me at all, my life the rest of the week most of the time is like chaotic, mostly self-inflicted. Um, but I've got lots of different projects and jobs and usually things going on and my mind's always going 100 miles an hour. But take the time to listen, to listen to God, to listen to others, other people's perspectives. Um, there's a, a little scene, um, and many of you have heard my, my spiel <laughs> uh, of the movie I Am Legend. We weren't able to get it because I'm always last minute, part of one of my issues. I wait till the last minute, we weren't able to actually get it so you can see it, but I'll post it up later so you can see it. How many of you have seen the movie I Am Legend? Just raise your hand. Okay. How many of you know that there's an alternate ending? Okay, about half. Um, the alternate ending was actually the ending you probably saw. The first ending that they took out for I don't know why, but it drives me nuts. The, the original ending, which is now called the alternate ending, makes the movie like, huh? Spoiler alert, it's old enough movie that, suck it up guys, <laughs> you're, you're gonna get the end. It's old, you should have seen it by now. It's like talking about Sixth Sense or something. Come on. He's dead. All right, so <laughs> same thing. If you haven't seen it by now, spoiler alert, but the movie, I'd even, even if it's a spoiler, the movie will be so much better now if you go back and watch it knowing the end, and I'll, I'll, I'll post the video up later so you can see it, but I'll describe it to you best I can. Um, it's probably better because it is, it's, it's, can be kind of scary to little kids. We've got a bunch of little kids here, but I'll tell you this. In the movie, if you've seen the movie, the whole premise, and, and the movie on surface was still a pretty good movie. It's well acted. It's kind of... It's kind of one of those apocalyptic movies where everybody's dying. There's this, 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 uh, somebody cures cancer, but then it, it forms, it, it adapts and changes, and people start changing. And the main character is Will Smith, and he is, he was at ground zero. He was, he worked for the military. He was trying to fix this. He, he was on the front lines trying to, uh, create, uh, uh, some kind of serum or some kind of anti something to fix it. So all he saw throughout the whole movie were these, these things were beasts, they were creatures. They were his enemy. He needed to fix them, right? So the whole movie, he would go through. He's by himself. He, he's in New York City. He's by himself. He sends out these broadcasts for people to come. And he goes out, and you're watching this whole adventure of him being the last guy there trying to figure this thing out. Well, he goes. They can't come out in daytime. They can only be at night. So he goes into their darkness, and he, he, he creates traps for them, and he pulls them out, and he brings them back to his house where he's got a lab, and he trials all these different things on them and ultimately ends up killing a lot of them, trying to fix them, okay? Um, throughout the movie, especially the, the correct version, there's a couple extra pieces in there that help put it together, but you'll see a, a clue. His daughter talks about a butterfly. There's like a butterfly on his, on his, uh, on his refrigerator or icebox. Um, <laughs> so uh, there's, there's, there's all these different clues about this butterfly. Well, at the, the correct ending at the, at the very end, um, the, the leader of they call in the movie The Dark Seekers. Uh, the leader finally traps him with all their guys, and he starts trying to bash in this plexiglass thing, and they're about to get through. And, uh, and then he creates this image of a butterfly on the plexiglass. 
the quote-unquote bad guy in the movie does. Will Smith recognizes it and looks over and he hears his daughter whisper from years ago something about a butterfly, and he sees a tattoo of a butterfly on the dark secret that he's working on. Come to find out, that's this guy's spouse, okay? Throughout the movie, several times that there is no God, and this woman tries to tell him, no, there is, you just need to listen. She says it several times, you just need to listen. And he says, no, they don't think, they don't function, they're just bad. He just, he knows, he, he feels like he knows everything about them. But midway through the movie, he ends up getting trapped by his own equipment, by them. So that kind of, that's a clue, too, that they do think that, they, that there is a difference there. So at the very end, he makes a butterfly, he recognizes this, and then it all kind of comes to him. It all starts clicking. So he puts his gun down, and he, he asks her to open the door. And they're all out there. At, it was a big battle at the end. It's the climax of the movie. They're trying to kill each other. And he tells her to open the door, and she's like, what are you doing? And he says, I'm listening. And he, and he wheels uh, the, the main dark seeker guy, his spouse, out. And as he does, these other ones try to attack him, and the main one stops them. And he doesn't let them attack him. And there's a point, and it's, a very, it's hard to describe, but you can see it in the movie. You can see him recognizing everything. That's, Will Smith's character begins to recognize everything that's going on. And he looks at him, and he says, I'm sorry. And then the, the camera uh, zooms in right when he says, I'm sorry, to all the pictures on the wall of all the ones that he's killed trying to fix. And so ultimately... This one grabs his spouse, and they leave, and they don't hurt each other. And what, that, what, what I recognized, what made that movie so great to me now is there was no real good versus bad there. They were only looking from their own perspective. They weren't, they weren't willing to see something from someone else's perspective. All they saw was they're bad, and I need to, I need to fix them. Both, both sides saw that. Neither of them were willing to see that until that moment, and that's to me, is what makes that movie so great now. It makes so much more sense to me. Um, but the main, the main thing that I remember throughout that whole movie was when she would just tell him, you have to listen, if you'll just listen. And, and in that movie, I, can just, I could feel the Holy Spirit just rising up in me when he said, I'm listening. When he recognized what he had done, and he recognized that he was, he, he was so zeroed in on his own agenda that he didn't take the time to even see anything else beyond what he was focused on. But he just took a moment to listen and recognize, okay, everything that you've been telling me throughout this whole movie, all these clues, all these things that really God was, was trying to speak to him through this movie, I, I feel like, um, he recognized those as a reality, and it changed him. It changed his whole perspective, and the, and the outcome of the movie was dramatically different than the one you probably saw. I see you guys are getting hot. I'll wrap it up. Um, so what I encourage you to do, uh, don't shy away from anger. Don't shy away from your emotions. Emotions are good. They're not all bad. <laughs> emotions can be okay. They're not your source. Recognize them for what they are. Um, speak about them. Listen to what God's saying. Speak to other people about them. Listen to what they're saying. Have enough compassion for people to hear from someone else's perspective. You might actually learn something. <laughs> Maybe. They may learn something from you. You may actually get something out of it. Have enough compassion to have a conversation about it. It may make the world of difference to, to how you see things or how someone else sees things. All right, um, I guess we're going to do the, the pie in the face thing. I'll pray for you guys first. I, I, feel, I feel like we need to at least pray for you before I get, somebody gets pied in the face. Uh, stand up with me. I'll pray for you guys. Father, I just thank you um, that you've, you've given us ears to listen. You've given us a Holy Spirit to lead us. You did not leave us alone. Um, you cared enough to, to even listen to what we have to say when we're angry. There were times I know even I was angry with you, and I, I shouted out to you, and you were, were patient enough to listen and hear from me. 
and, and recognize my emotion, but also bring me to the truth of who you are and who I am in you. So, Lord, I pray that, that we would recognize that daily, that we are sons and daughters of a living God, and that we recognize that when we go out and we are able to minister to others and not, not continually try to um, just fight and be right and wrong, but actually care enough to see, some, see something from someone else's perspective and lead them to the only right one there ever was, and that's you. In Jesus' name, amen.